13-year-old Adam has made a lot of mistakes in his life, but this has to be the biggest. Thanks to a massive fight with his little brother Callum, the mysterious and magical computer algorithm Popularis Incrementum has exploded and accidentally transported them to a completely different dimension. One where they were never born and the internet doesn't exist and neither does any of the technology they know and love. Will the brothers survive in this strange altiverse where everything is the same but different? Can they stop an evil villain from sabotaging their dad's world-changing technology when in this universe their dad doesn't even know who they are? And most importantly of all, will they ever find a way back home? Adam Destroys the Internet is out now in paperback. Available from your local Waterstones or online at Waterstones. I'm Bex and this is Fun Kids Meets, the podcast where we meet your heroes. I recently caught up with Horrible History's comic artist and author Martin Brown to chat all about his brand new book, Nell and the Cave Bear, The Journey Home. It's the second book in the Nell series. Let's find out more. I am joined right now by author and illustrator Martin Brown. Hey, Martin, how are you going? I'm really well. What a lovely day. Well, I'm very happy to be speaking to you because you have drawn some iconic pictures of my childhood, but we'll get back to that a little <laughs> later. First of all, we need to talk about your brand new book, Nell and the Cave Bear. This is The Journey Home, so it's the second book in uh, Nell and Cave Bear's stories. Uh, can you tell us, if we haven't read the first, where do we pick up? Well, Nell has got this wonderful... Her best friend in the world is um, a cave bear. Uh, it's set in Stone Age times, near Neolithic times. She's an orphan, and not many kids around her her age. And just so happens to have found this sweet little fuzzy creature, and they have become great friends. And turns out that the rest of the clan think that maybe as the bear gets older, it wouldn't be the best companion for a child to have a ten foot cave bear hanging sure, around. Yeah. And there is concern, and at some point in the first book, the elders of the village think that it might be best to give the pet away. Uh, Nell overhears this and thinks that's the worst thing in the world. I mean, who wants their best friend to be separated from their best friend or someone sure. to give your pet away? And so she runs away. She ends up floating down the river on a log, and the log ends up in the sea. And she gets washed ashore on a beach by, well, some relatives, really. There's another clan, the fisher folk on the sea, and the seaside clan take her in. She's staying with the sea clan, uh, with Cave Bear, and the rest of the clan have now joined them. Yeah, that's where the new book begins. You also have a pretty good baddie in this book, uh, somebody who is out to catch Cave Bear in particular, and you've got a whole of the clan who are trying to uh, trying to get involved. But yeah, well, it's, um, every book needs a baddie. Sure. <laughs> it's one of those things where you scratch the surface with baddies, and maybe they're not as bad as you as they might like <laughs> you to think. But yes, the Woodland Clan are the sort of the grumpy ones that split off from the other two clans many, many, many generations ago, and they live in the dank and dark forest, and they're a bit grumpy with the world. You know, in, in the Neolithic times, everyone hunts. That's what you have to do to survive. 
but they've crossed over to enjoying the hunt a little bit too much, shall we say. There's a good bit in the book where you kind of explain it. You're like, yes, we have to hunt, but it doesn't mean we hate animals. It just means it has to happen. Yeah. And I, I think most of us feel that way. No one no one likes killing things for a hoot. Yeah. But it's when it t- you know crosses over into something like that that becomes a problem. The uh, clan leader of the Woodland clan is thwarted in the first book. And he's, you know, an old guy and he's sort of grumpy about the whole thing. Doesn't want to be beaten by a, a little girl and a bear cub. So he's plotting revenge. Now, in, in the book, I, again, it's tricky because I don't want to give too much away, but you do write humour very well. There are some quite funny bits that I could really imagine. Uh, was that quite difficult to write or does it come quite naturally to you? I think that might be from being a cartoonist for all these years, working on the horrible histories. I've never really considered myself much of an illustrator. There's some remarkably talented people coming out of college every year, and the standard of artwork in, in children's books in the UK is phenomenal. So I I kind of balk at the, at the idea of calling myself a, an illustrator sometimes. <laughs> but but coming, for a, coming from a, a cartoonist standpoint... It's about writing the gags. It's about seeing things visually that are funny. The first book, the Nell McCombe book, actually began life as a as a picture book because I saw it so clearly. I saw the the images so clearly that the humour was kind of it was baked into those images. I see. And also, I mean, obviously we should say you've got the illustrations in the book as well. Uh, did you, if you say it was meant to be a picture book, did you draw them first or did you write everything and then decide what needed pictures to go with it? No, I drew the pictures first. I, right. I had these I had these clear images of certain parts of the story. It even, I mean, even a long, long time ago, it began life as a non-fiction book. It was uh, an idea, it was about explaining Neolithic life. And that was a bit dry. So I, I <laughs> in, in, invented a character that would take you through the book and she had a little story and that story would take you through the various elements of, of this non-fiction book. Yes, hunting, life in the cave, how you fed and clothed yourself. But the, <laughs> the little story took over. And the story was actually more interesting than anything I was trying to do in a non-fiction way. Now you say you say this; it's interesting because I, as soon as I opened the book, as well as I really did enjoy the story, I, I also saw those pictures and I was like immediately thrown back to my horrible histories, uh, <laughs> you know, days. What is it like to have your drawings be so linked to such a big thing? Horrible histories are everywhere now. Yeah, it's um, it's sort of remarkable. It's horrible history's thirtieth anniversary this year. No, wow. Which <laughs> it's. I don't know whether it's something to celebrate or something to be scared of. It's just, <laughs> I can't, I don't quite know where that time has gone. Because we started, we were going to do four books to follow the national curriculum back in the day. And uh, Terrible Tudors and the Awesome Egyptians came out. Then we did Bio Victorians and I think the Rotten Romans. And they did okay. So there was a couple more and then a couple more and a couple more. And then stage shows television, movies, uh, it's slightly bonkers. Terry Derry, my lovely partner in crime, has said that we have now sold above 35 million books worldwide. So it has turned into a sort of wonderful phenomenon, I suppose. Not really for me to say, but (laughs) yeah, I'm still doing it. Uh, This afternoon, I'll be back on the, uh, the drawing board 
because there's the the next horrible history coming along. Can you tell us what era you're drawing about? I'm not sure if I can at this point. <laughs> That's okay. Um, I thought I'd ask well, just in case. Well, no, I can. Let's see. The one I've just finished is the one that's out this week is to, to go with the anniversary. It's the horrible history's worst in the world, <gasps> okay. which is, as you can imagine, all the best worst bits. Uh, Terry has given them awards. We've got the bronze, silver, and gold medal awards for everything you can imagine. 30 different topics to cover the 30 years. Worst wow. food, worst school, worst battles, worst wars, worst rulers, you name it. And it's it, that was great fun. And I've just finished work on the Terrible Thames, which is something we should have done years ago, really, considering how central the Thames is, right from the, you know, the hills where it starts to flow out through Oxford and London to the sea. It's, it's had Vikings, it's had Romans, it's had Shakespearean globe theatres, you name it. it, it it's, it's, it's all there. So I've just sent that off. That's just happened. So that'll be the next one. Oh man, I can't wait. I honestly was obsessed with Horrible Histories as a kid. And I, I met Terry Deary when I was little. And, oh wow. Um, he was in a bookshop and he in a, of doing a signing and he said, when's your birthday? And I said, August the 16th. And he said, and do you know what happened on your birthday? And I said, yes, Elvis died. And I was so excited. <laughs> and he looked so disappointed because I imagine he just knows something about every day of the year. But I knew that because of him, because of your books. You know, you'd taught me <laughs> this amazing <laughs> fact. And I felt so bad afterwards that I'd, I'd ruined his trick. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. Well, it's, but it's, that's the wonderful thing about history. People accuse Terry of being a historian <laughs> and they accuse me of being an illustrator. He says, I'm, I'm not a historian, I'm a storyteller. Mm-hmm. And I know I'm not an illustrator, I'm a cartoonist. And, and history has the best story. I, sure. I think that's why it, it's got its hooks into everybody. And everyone's got a birthday and everyone's birthday could be linked to something remarkable. Uh, a lot of time has gone by. A lot of people have been God. Elvis, one of them. Yeah, honestly, I was so happy that I could. I, at the yeah. time, I was so proud because I was like, "This, I've learned it from your books. Like, this is, you know, the peak." <laughs> um, but yeah, no. So it was, it was quite a moment. But yeah, like you say, um, the, the stories in history are just there for us all, and, and thank goodness that you guys are there to kind of make them more accessible. I guess what's fun for us as well because the stories are so great the material is wonderful if, if you are a humorist or a cartoonist and you wanted a, a subject to bounce off you couldn't do better than history it is just jam-packed with the, the perfect feed lines for a- any gag you want to write oh i bet now i could talk to you about nell and cave bear and horrible histories all day to be honest but i'll probably probably should let you go but I, before i do let you go i have one thing i do a little uh, kind of quick fire round of questions with all of the authors who come to fun kids is it okay to do that with you now yep cool all right lovely stuff so no pressure <laughs> books or kindles no books <laughs> yeah everyone says it uh heroes or villains heroes <laughs> okay that was close, though. Um, film adaptation or TV adaptation? Oh, that's I um, <laughs> film. I like I like the immersive thing of cinema, but in a cinema. Okay, in, in the big, big dark screen. room. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Neolithic period or Tudor period? Is that to live? So, however you want to interpret it. Ah, uh, well, Neolithic 
<laughs> I, by the way, that one was specifically for you. I don't ask every author that question. <laughs> well, yeah, but both of them, you know, you'd really want to take your own dentist. <laughs> that's a good point. Um, beginnings or endings? Gosh, that's hard. You didn't tell me it was going to be hard. <laughs> beginnings, this so full of hope. Oh, what a poetic answer. Lovely. Um, writing or reading? Uh, God, they're all hard. Um, no, they're, yeah, they're pretty tricky. Right. Yeah, um, <laughs> Reading, I suppose. That's the one that everybody finds really difficult to answer, and I was quite surprised it would be so tricky, to be honest. Well, because I love writing at present. I don't, Honestly, I don't know what the fuss is about. All these writers bang on about how difficult it is. <laughs> they should try illustrating for a living. I mean, goodness me. You'd all swap. Yeah, I've really enjoyed the writing bit. But the reading, I suppose, is, you know, it's everywhere, it's everything, it's all the time. So it's it's such fun. Um, all right, uh, Hogwarts or Narnia? Uh, Hogwarts. Hogwarts. Um, write nine to five or do you write when you fancy? Nine to five. Nine to five. Uh, Paddington Bear or Winnie the Pooh? Oh, God. Honestly, <laughs> it's not fair. <laughs> I grew. I grew up with Winnie the Pooh. That was that's that's yeah. I, I'm quite late to Paddington because I okay. you know, from Australia. I, I sort of had Paddington wasn't such a big deal, so I'll be true to my past. I would also accept hidden third option of Rupert the Bear. To be honest, I would also take that. But um, Win- Winnie the Pooh. Okay, excellent. Rupert fu- the Pooh. Rupert the Pooh. From Paddington. <laughs> I, I'm not sure. We can workshop it. We'll make it into a new book. That's fine. Um, and finally, the last one. This is the big one. Salt and vinegar or cheese and onion? Neither. No way. Which? What Would you go for any other flavour? Plain salt. You're a ready salted man. Ready salted. Absolutely. That's my second favourite. So I'll, I'll allow that one. Okay. If you'd have said cheese and onion, I would have been furious because that's my least favourite. Uh, and salt and vinegar is my favourite. So that was a test, to be honest. But you sneakily yeah. flew under the radar. Well, only those three, too. I mean, all the other things don't really count. Yeah, no one wants prawn cocktail, do they? Uh, uh, no. <laughs> and, and besides, the only true crisp heaven are twisties. Oh, I don't know. Are they Australian? They are Australian. What are they? They are. There's a, a new thing. I know this sounds like I'm plugging a brand of... <laughs> of, of, of I love it. Crunchy Watset, which is available now, which are close, but not quite as truly wonderful as twisties are, which are yellow flavoured. Yellow flavoured. <laughs> I think there's so much food colour in there that, uh, but no, they are they are wonderful things. Oh my goodness, you had me at crunchy. What's it? And if it tastes <laughs> like that, happy days. I'd be all there. Um, well, maybe I'll ask that to the next person. I'll add twisties in there. Uh, Martin Broward, thank you so much for telling us all about horrible histories and Nell and the Cave Bear. The Journey Home is out right now. It's such a beautiful book and it's such a great story. Um, and hopefully, we will speak to you again for many more adventures. I hope so. That would be. Huge. I'll look forward to it. That was Martin Brown. I love talking to him all about his new book and his work for Horrible Histories. He was an absolute hero of mine because I love the Horrible Histories book very, very much indeed. Now, of course, if you love this podcast, check out the Bookworms podcast as well, where I give you lots of brilliant authors, lots of awesome interviews and lots of news on the biggest book releases at the moment. Thirteen-year-old Adam has made a lot of mistakes in his life, but this has to be the biggest. 
thanks to a massive fight with his little brother Callum, the mysterious and magical computer algorithm Popularis Incrementum has exploded and accidentally transported them to a completely different dimension. One where they were never born and the internet doesn't exist and neither does any of the technology they know and love. Will the brothers survive in this strange altiverse where everything is the same but different? Can they stop an evil villain from sabotaging their dad's world-changing technology when in this universe their dad doesn't even know who they are? And most importantly of all, will they ever find a way back home? Adam Destroys the Internet is out now in paperback. Available from your local Waterstones or online at Waterstones.